Welcome to Married by Design. Doubting God, relying on your own reasoning, blame shifting. These are all practices that lead to a very ugly marriage. That's what we'll be looking at on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome back to our podcast this week. I'm glad that you've decided to join us. We're right now in a series entitled The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. It's all about looking at marriages in the Bible and learning what we can from each couple. And there are a lot of marriages to look at. We have looked at the marriages of Ananias and Sapphira, Jacob and Rachel, Aquila and Priscilla, and there are many more that we could look at. There are so many principles to glean from the stories. Real people making real choices with real consequences. The good marriages in which people are generally seeking after the Lord result in blessing and encouragement to others. Don't you want to have that kind of marriage? And then there's the bad marriages in which couples don't want to follow the Lord, but are rebellious and defiant. A lot of damage and heartache. And then there are the ugly marriages in which the couple generally walk with the Lord, but they make very foolish choices and suffer for it. That's what we're going to be looking at this week at an ugly marriage. We actually spent some time discussing whether this couple falls under the ugly or bad marriage category. Certainly the effect of their choices were bad and evil. We're living with the consequences of their sin. We're going to be looking at Adam and Eve. And we decided that it probably fit better under the area of an ugly marriage. This is because it's apparent that Adam and Eve walked with God for some period of time. What we see in Genesis 3 was a terrible decision, but it's not apparent that it was a characteristic of rebellious and defiant hearts. The story starts in Genesis chapter 2. After the Lord has made all the creation, he chose to make man. It says in verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. He gave him a warning against eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then God gave gave Adam a wife named Eve. And it's not clear at all how much time elapsed from when Adam and Eve were created until the fall of mankind. There apparently was some intimate communion, as it says in chapter 3, verse 8, that the Lord God was walking in the garden in the cool of the day looking for Adam. That is a beautiful picture of the communion that God intended to have with his first couple. And yet they made a very foolish, selfish, and sinful choice. And life for them and the rest of us got really ugly. Again, I'm not sure that I would describe them as outright rebellious and defiant in their whole life. I think they certainly were in the sin that they chose. They didn't turn away from the Lord totally, even though God forced them out of the Garden of Eden. It says in chapter 4, verse 1, that Eve had Cain and said, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. She recognized, even after the fall, that God was her helper. She didn't totally turn away from him. And we have so much to learn from this couple. We need to take some time to look at the choices that they made that caused the ugliness. One of the first principles that stands out to me is the idea of doubting God. The Lord had said not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in chapter 2. Satan injected into Eve's mind doubts about God, whether he is truthful and whether he's loving. Those doubts led her to rebellion and sin. Not doubting God in his word 
is so key for our faith. It's important in a relationship with God, and it impacts our relationship with our spouse. When we live in doubt, we are setting ourselves up to struggle and disobey the Lord. Doubting what God says to us will leave us in a place where we are not reacting to and treating our spouse in the right way. It leaves us in a place of turmoil and questioning whether he is all-loving and knows what's best. Well, like Eve, we can get to a point where we know what God wants us to do and yet disregard it. There's so many ways that doubt can take over and that we can take control, which leads to a world of hurt. When God calls to forgive, for example, we can doubt that he will be in control of our spouse and their future choices. So we choose not to forgive, but hold on to the bitterness, thinking it that somehow it will keep their feet to the fire. We can doubt that God will work in our spouse's life to change things that need to be changed. He's a great God and wants to redeem and to strengthen a marriage. But if we doubt that God will do that, we live in a place of despair and turmoil. We can give up on doing our part in marriage and stop living with the faith and confidence that He will work. We could even doubt God's ability to change us. Many people live in perpetual failure and discouragement because they struggle in an area of their life. We all struggle in areas, but if you doubt that God can rescue you from this and make you a better person, you will always live a defeated life. You need to take God at His word. He is a great and awesome God who knows what's best. Adam and Eve should have listened to God and not doubted Him. But they questioned God's word and fell into sin. Our ability to have a great marriage and live the victorious Christian life depends on our ability to trust God and take Him at His word. Another aspect relates to Adam and Eve relying on their own reasoning and what seemed right to them. It seemed great to Eve and then to Adam to eat of the forbidden fruit. It seemed to them that it was good to the taste and good for them. This relates to not trusting in God and taking Him at His word. And the danger is that we can make decisions based on the way that things seem rather than what God says. You can look at your marriage today and the things that you're facing in your life. You can form a weak faith by focusing on your circumstances and what you think will happen. And that's exactly what Eve did. She tried to reason it out and she went on her own perceptions and thinking. Not only did she doubt what God said, but she did not doubt what she thought and believed. So many times in our life we run into trouble because we don't doubt our own thoughts and beliefs. When those things don't line up with what God says, we're in a dangerous place when we trust ourselves rather than the Lord. Eve certainly did have a lack of discernment. She did not carefully distinguish between what was right and what was wrong. It seemed right to her to eat from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, so she didn't question it and jumped right in. You need to stop and think about things and exercise some discernment. Discernment about your own thoughts and ideas. Discernment about your assumptions and your beliefs. So often we are our own source of frustration and anger because we don't stop to question ourselves and live discerningly. Adam certainly wasn't discerning either. Eve gave him the fruit and he ate of it. He didn't ask any questions or think about it either. The other problem we see in this relationship is that at this time, Eve was leading Adam and telling him what to do. There is a juxtaposition of the roles of the husband and wife here. 
The husband is supposed to be the initiator and the loving leader of the wife. The wife is to be a helper and encourager of her husband, following his lead. You can read more about that in Ephesians chapter 5. When the husband and the wife fulfill the roles that they have from God, the marriage functions well. When the wife takes over that leadership role and the husband does what she says, they're going to run into difficulties. And that's what we see here. Now, the husband and wife are equal in the sight of God. It's not that one is more important than the other. It doesn't mean that the husband should not listen to his wife, but the husband has the ultimate responsibility for leading her and cherishing her. And the two really go together. It's just the roles that God has put them in. Here we see, as in the example of Jacob and his wives, Adam taking direction from his wife. So one application for you, husband, is are you leading your wife in a loving way? And for you, wife, the question is, are you following your husband's lead, or are you acting more like Eve here? God honors the practice of the roles that he has given to both the husband and the wife. There's a safeguard when the husband lovingly leads his wife, and the wife lovingly respects her husband. Boy, one thing that really stands out also is the blame shifting. When Eve sinned by eating the fruit and then giving to her husband, they went right into pointing the finger at each other. Well, look in Genesis chapter 3, verses 12 to 13. The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. Does it seem like Adam is maybe blaming God? I did this, it seems like he's saying, because of the woman that you gave me. Well, maybe I'm reading into it, but I wonder how often we try to blame God because he allows us to be in a situation that we find ourselves. We choose to sin and actually believe that, in part, it's because God set us up. He gave us the woman. But Adam certainly blames his wife in verse 12. She gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. It it is a true statement, but he's shifting the blame from himself and his choice to what she did. Eve was no better. When she was questioned, she said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Yeah, I think it's important to notice in the following verses that each one of them was accountable for their sin. Both Adam and Eve experienced the consequences of their sin. But this blame shifting can become a real problem in marriage. I think in almost every couple that we've counseled with, one of the first things we've had to deal with is blame shifting. It's part of our sin nature and humanity to always draw attention to somebody else's choice and sins. Somehow we think that that excuses what we did and puts the pressure on someone else. That's why we have to go back to Matthew 7, 1-5. You might want to check out those episodes from our podcast last year on resolving conflict. The hardest thing for us to do as a husband and wife is focused on ourselves and our faults and sins. But that's the way of progress in real reconciliation. It's the same way in our relationship with the Lord. It's only when we recognize our own sin and own up to it that we're able to turn to the cross and believe that Jesus Christ paid the penalty for our sins. Without that acknowledgement of sin, our sin, there's no salvation. If you've been spending all of your time looking at your spouse's faults, it's time to stop. Does it mean that you don't ever look at the issues in your spouse's life? No. But it's so key to take the log out of your own eye first. In the series Together But Alone, we spent so much time on you dealing with yourself, and it was only in the last episode that we looked at how to address issues that your spouse is struggling with. 
Well, there's one more thing that we want to look at with Adam and Eve. The last lesson that we can learn is the effect of sin in the lives of those around us. Because Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, that affected mankind from that day forward. Paul writes about that in Romans chapter 5. The effect of their sin caused every person to have that sin nature and propensity to sin. You can have a healthy marriage if you learn that lesson from Adam and Eve. Sins you hold on to, even that secret sin, have an effect on a marriage relationship, your children, and those around you. Don't be deceived by Satan as Adam and Eve were that it's no big deal. Sin is a big deal. That's why the Father sent His Son to bear our sins, so that we could be freed from them and live a life of righteousness. Your homework, should you choose to accept it, is to look at one of these areas and discuss it as a couple. Dig deeper into the scripture and study the topic and talk about how you can work on it for the health and growth of your marriage relationship. You can look at the area of doubting God, relying on your own reasoning, having a lack of discernment, the passive husband, and blame-shifting. Well, let's pray. Father, I pray that in these areas that you would help each couple to see that area that they need to focus on. God, the struggle of doubting what you say, the blame shifting, uh, Lord, relying on your own reasoning. There's so much that we can learn and apply, and I pray that you would help each of us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for being with us. We would love to hear from you. We need your feedback to make this podcast better. Would you rate our podcast and leave a comment? It would only take you about 10 to 15 seconds. We'd also like to hear from you if you have a suggestion of a couple that you think would be good to study as part of the series. Also, we're beginning to think about what our next series will be. Maybe you have an idea for that also. You can reach us at marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com. Next week on our podcast, we're going to be looking again at a good marriage. Mostly it's about a man and a woman who meet each other and court well, which leads to a great marriage. That's what we'll be looking at next time on Married by Design. Mm